Welcome to An Abundant Future with Matt Powers. I'm your host, Matt Powers. And this is a podcast where we talk about solutions to regenerate our world and our culture from multiple perspectives from around the world. And today we're talking about wildfires. We're talking about the West Coast wildfires. And lately people have been seeing in the headlines, Sonoma County is burning. And there are multiple fires. There's a lot of scared people out there. A lot of people out thinking that, hey, is this arson? Is this, you know, engineered? Is this, well, you know, the long and the short of it is, is yes and no. Because the reality is we are creating the situation that we're in on the macro sense, right? But we've also made some certain strategic decisions in California that, is, uh, that have, has rerouted the water and changed the ecology such that it, is, it has become an out-of-control wildfire situation. And it's not just California. It extends up the whole coast. So climate change is a factor, but it's also management. How we're managing these forests, how we're managing all the forests on the earth, it's all being similarly pressured. Now, with these Sonoma County fires, we're seeing huge amounts of homes that are being lost, huge amounts of land, very expensive land, vineyards, farms, grazing that are being lost. And we can regenerate these areas. They can bounce back. Absolutely. But the amount of investment that is lost uh, can often not be. And it, it, some people are, are their businesses are, are going to tank because of this. Um, some people are going to be able to start over and be slow, but they can do it. Um, some people are just going to get out of it because they're going to feel like they're they're too old or they're burnt out from it. And it's a serious situation. It's a life-changing situation for many people. So I don't want to lessen the strain or the significance of what people are going through. I've spoken, actually, at, at a fire relief event in that area. The Cobb Fire um, was, was something that devastated an area. It burned down a ton of homes and the community rallied and supported these people and really helped them get back on their feet. It can be done again. And while I was speaking there, I did a lot of studying and I came from an area where we were losing homes. And so I was already studying it when I was a teacher. I studied it more when I spoke at that conference. And it seems like it's become a part of my life. I know people maybe on the internet are saying things like, people in California don't know how to manage wildfire. But, you know, if you listen to people like Eric Olson, we absolutely do. Uh, we absolutely do. It's the fact that we're not implementing the suggestions from these experts. It, it was really telling uh, Eric Olson, Permaculture Skills Center, Sebastopol, revealed recently that some of these burned areas, he'd actually consulted and recommended preparing for wildfire in those areas. And those preparations were not made and so those areas were devastated so th th we're, we're living our choices all the time we always are it's no different with this and in California we have decades of rerouting the water everyone's like oh the salmon all oh, the Delta smelt all that kind of jazz Forget that micro stuff. Let's look at the macro and get a real perspective because we've been 
We mapped a long time ago all the catchment areas in the Sierra Nevadas and very expertly rerouted all that, all that water, that runoff that fed all the ecologies down into the valley and rerouted it to agriculture, to intensive agriculture, and to the cities where it gets used once and then flushed into the ocean, right? So, you know, there's L.A. involved, King Cotton was involved, there's all these different things. But the end-all, be-all is what kept the Sierra Nevada foothills and mountains wet is being redirected and drained. So every year, the ecology that has developed there, the plants and the animals, are expecting water that they don't get for decades now. So people are like, oh, these trees that are, you know, hundreds of years old, now they're dying. I wonder why. Well, everything around it's changed. So you would expect that to change too. So what's going on is we're rerouting the water. We're drying out the landscape manually. And what's really crazy is we're running all that water downhill and we're running through turbines and selling electricity back to the people on those foothills. So we're starting fires by default, these huge wildfires by default, by the way we manage fire, the way we manage forest. Um, we don't do the low burns. We're not trimming our trees up um, high enough to create an open under uh, understory. We're not doing all those things. And so we're setting ourselves up for serious, serious issues. And what we need to do is we need to dive in to these regenerative solutions because in our area there's no water the the trees are, are overcrowded there's tons of fuel on the ground tons of fuel in the trees the bark beetle has moved in so you have all these dead standing trees that need to be taken down and I understand that we need to leave some of them up for wildlife not saying be totally extreme with everything I'm saying we need to get in there and make corridors that can handle the fire that will provide us a fire break area because it'll be wet, it'll be punky with all that decomposition. We need to take those trees that are already burned, chip them, make them biochar, bury them, make them biochar, hugel mounds. We need to make sure these things don't roll down the hill. We need proper environmental engineers there. We need people to be able to put into place the proper ecosystemic, you know, bioregional selection of biodiversity. So we need the ecologists. We need all the experts in ornithology. We need everyone there to set up the habitat for the animals to move in, for the animals to adapt to the changes we're making. But what we need to do is we need to return the water to where it was from. And you're like, oh, wait, but Matt, 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 this is the way of the world, Matt. I was like, let me tell you actually the way of the world. Because that water that once was allowed to go down every year would cause flooding of the Tulare Lake. You're like, Tulare Lake? I've heard of Tulare, but what's Tulare Lake? It's not there anymore. It was the largest body of fresh water west of the Mississippi River. And it's gone. There's cities there, and below it... um. That, that county has no water. The, the aquifer has dried up beneath it. So what's going on 
is it used to be this paradise where every winter it would flood up to Sacramento. You could ride your boat up. There was ducks and fish, no poisonous anything, no predators. It was a paradise. It was Disney for hunters. And we gave it up. We traded it in with for, for what? For a desert. Everyone's like, oh, it's a desert. It's always been a desert. It's not a desert, actually. It's a desertified landscape. It's a man-made desert. So what we need to do is let the water return. L.A. gets plenty of water. They just have it all run out to sea every time it rains. They need to have cisterns. They need to clean their water. They need to recycle their water. They need to do what many other cities and counties have done. They need to take responsibility. Instead of using their money to cause uh, ecosystemic damage, the bioregions closest to them and so this goes for all these big cities you know Tucson Arizona everyone's like oh they don't get enough water they don't they just don't they, they actually do they actually do they get enough rain they just don't collect it and then they don't save it so we can make these changes we can change these laws. Believe me, I'm the guy who, you know, whose mom changed the helmet law in fourth grade. Suddenly we all ride around on bikes and had to wear helmets. I, I lost all my friends. <laughs> so um, I know it's possible. Things can just change. Um, and we, we've seen it in our own government right now, right? Um, laws change all the time. Loopholes are made all the time. Name changes are made all the time. Standards are, and regulations are loosened, tightened, changed. Um, all the time. So we can do that and make it work in our favor as well, but we just have to regain our foothold politically, which actually means we need to regain our communities, which means we need to just get to know our neighbors. We need to start doing community functions. We need to start just, you know, getting getting social in, in a community way. And it's totally possible, totally doable. People are doing it. Certain areas are awesome like this, and they have political power. Uh, because they are self-reliant and united in their voice. So, getting back to where we were, Sonoma, the fires. What's going on is we are seeing for the first time it sink in. Because, I mean, the fires have been going on regularly, burning homes, huge amounts of acres of land for a while in California. But now it's hitting areas where people are very wealthy, where there's these very nice vineyards, where um, all of our friends are and a lot of our leaders are. Um, and it's really hitting closer to home for a lot of people and a lot of people's family members and a lot of important people, so it's getting noticed. And this is just a threshold to a tipping point that we were going to reach anyway, and we've reached it. Now is the time for us to take stock of what we're doing and what can be done. And we need to get into water harvesting to start having proper silviculture where we go in there and we manage the forests. We have ecologists join us and install habitat to support biodiversity as we are making these dramatic changes. And then we need to also get into doing controlled burns. And that's so scary that people are like, oh my gosh, fire, fire, fire. We can't have any more fire. But the reality is the reason these accidents keep happening, the reason we have py uh, pyromaniacs, you know, uh, causing these things to happen too, the reason 
we have lightning storms causing all this to happen is because we haven't had the low burning the, the lower burning fires regularly come through and once we do that once we're you know we're lifting those branches up we're having those regular fires we're going to see a completely different ecology open up and it's going to sound a lot like the history books describe so it's heavy but it, something can be done absolutely now um let's talk about something lighter let's talk about something exciting <laughs> let's talk about something that is going to inspire and bring hope the kickstarter was successful we not only were successful we got 169 percent of our goal we reached beyond what any of my fundraising has has done before we reached over forty thousand dollars we still have people wanting to sign up we've actually just opened it up for signups right now we just reopened the ability for folks to download the permaculture student 2 for free so if you don't have this book everyone should check out this book it's free right now the ebooks free you should just go and download it and start reading it and look it over look it over look over the resources look at the the end notes look at the people who peer-reviewed it uh, this book is the first peer-reviewed permaculture textbook and it's also the first cited general permaculture book since Bill Mollison's 1989 work which seems kind of crazy, right? I mean, you'd think someone else would start a cited work or a peer-reviewed work since 1989 because, I mean, a lot of things have changed. I mean, Bill's recommending using lime as if compost teas were, didn't exist because to him they didn't at that time. Um, we have to remember there's a history involved in all of this. We take for granted that we have Dr. Elaine Ingham's teachings today and our understanding of compost tea, compost extract, thermophilic compost, and, you know, good nematodes, you know, basic stuff that agriculture is still catching up on that early permaculture didn't have access to that information yet. So I've, I've been able to work with these experts and bring these things up to speed. And now you have access to it so you can get that truth. You can find out that some of the books that you've read and some you know some of the other books out there on permaculture don't have accurate information in them because they're not peer-reviewed and they weren't cited they just heard someone say it and so they wrote it down and that just doesn't work in the long term and so that's what we've really been able to dial in and work on with this new book the permaculture student 2 i had a professional editor i had um a whole team of two dozen experts and what's really cool is this Kickstarter was for the course based on it and I was like oh I have my I have my editor team they're gonna help me we're gonna do some videos together it was like 12 people you know it's gonna be great and then it started snowballing and we started rolling down that hill and now we have 33 teachers and it's keeps it keeps growing and we're gonna have some absolutely incredible inspiring connections that we're going to be making in permaculture right now so in my course we have things that you know you might not expect in a permaculture course we have holistic management international we have sociocracy we have sean sherman the indigenous food systems expert the sous chef talking to us about real permaculture food um, and he takes perennials and he heals Native Americans by feeding them the original diet, but he does it in a five-star, 
who just takes the ingredients and then makes like five star um, meals out of them. And he starts restaurants, teaches people all over the, all, all over America. He's uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, and so we're going to see a lot of this indigenous food just start leaping off the page and into our lives. And it's absolutely an honor to have him and as, as well as many other people celebrating indigenous culture, celebrating indigenous practices through the permaculture lens, showing the science behind it and showing how we can turn this, scale it up, make it our culture and our business and, and part of our community and part of our cultural understanding and connection. We have this opportunity right now to change everything. Folks are fighting so hard right now in politics and the environment and their communities, but they're fighting the status quo. What they need to do is they need to take a step back and realize that they need to educate the people across the board. They need to demonstrate so that they win them. And then it will be easy when we're talking about like what we want to do because they'll, they'll already be on the same page. So right now what we need to do is we need to show the world what permaculture actually can do because the examples are already there. Now we've got it organized in my course and we're connecting all these people to these careers and certifications and trainings and internships and apprenticeships with professionals making money regenerating the earth right now. And we can re-educate the population starting from K through 12 into professional development. And that's what I've created with the Permaculture Student Series. It's absolutely incredible to be at this point. I, I, I've, you know, the past two weeks I've been kind of really quiet online. I haven't done anything. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm, I've been kind of like trying to take it all in. It's a lot. I mean, we've already in two and a half years reached um, the point of, of seeing the, like my goals become reality of creating a full K through 12 curriculum that takes kids um, from any, any, any place educationally in America, homeschool, public school, charter school, private school, and leads them to a career and lifestyle and regeneration. I'm, I'm, we're, we're right there. I mean, we're knocking at the door right now. So all we got to do is get this to be adopted in schools get those schools to, you know, this is the thing that makes their garden educational and they don't want to touch the garden. You guys know this, right? They don't want to touch the garden because that first year everyone's like, oh, we got the garden grant. We're going to install the garden. Everyone's going to, and then they put the food in and then the kids leave and then the food grows and, and then no one waters it and it all dies. And the next year, no one wants to touch it. I don't want that project. And, and so it's a hot mess. It's, it's, it's a, you know, a dumpster on fire. As, as educators like to say, and no one wants it. But this actually gives you the tools to make it educational. And then suddenly, oh, the garden's perennialized. Oh, it's a permaculture garden. Oh, that's habitat for birds. Oh, that, you know, it starts exponentially growing as, as you switch to permaculture in the educational setting with the garden. And then in science class, I mean, we have such a hard time getting kids into science now. Why? Because it's not rooted in reality. Why? Because a lot of the stuff they're taught isn't real. Oh, plenty of the things are real, but the holistic picture they give is not real. Huh. What do I mean? 
All right, so let's take the carbon cycle. Look at my carbon cycle when you download the Permaculture Student 2, and then look at the carbon cycle in your high school textbook. Look at the nitrogen cycles. And I say cycles because I have six different diagrams in mine. So have it, you know, check out what, what are the nitrogen cycles they're learning in schools. And then what about the water cycle? I mean, really basic, right? The EPA doesn't even have condensation, people. No, they don't, they don't have condensation. This is serious. We have a completely uneducated public on the basics of our world. Permaculture needs to be the core curriculum for all education. Pattern literacy, natural literacy, inspires and connects all learning. The exact same way that reading and writing does, but in a much more fundamental, rooted way. Because all the patterns that we see from our language and all those kinds of things are also rooted in nature. If you don't know what I'm talking about, um, let's go all the way back to the beginning where we rooted things in pictograms, we picked you drew pictures of what was so everything was rooted in what was real it was rooted in what the natural products were so it was rooted in nature okay so what we need to do is we need to have our education be based in nature in permaculture and comparing our culture with nature into the future you know and if we have it go into schools now Within 12 years, we will have an entire workforce that can problem solve with inspiration, hope, communication, clarity, deep understanding, and a scientific backing so that they can, you know, they can tell you with confidence that that's the way it was. Oh, I did that. No, no, I can see it under a microscope. Oh, no, it's not a big deal. It's superior this way. Oh, actually, this cures that. You know, this is real. And I said cures that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to go there. We have uh, we have two doctors in my course. We have Dr. Gene Wallace. We have Dr. Elaine Ingham. We have soil. And then we have the body. Nutritionist. So we're going to talk about how all these things are connected. We're going to see this full picture like never before. This is, we're reaching the edge of, the, that's why I'm so excited. There's nothing out there like my book. There's nothing out there like my course. It's going to change everything. And because it's not mine, it's everyone's. I'm including all the spectrum. I'm, I have Korean natural farming. I've got biointensive natural farming Fukuoka style. We have permatexture. We have alternative energy. We have urban permaculture. We have mycology. We've got all, you know, alternative transportation. Uh, we have so much that is just ready, that's bursting to teach these kids, to teach this next generation that's going to come up and going to carry us like a wave. And everyone's going to, I mean, we all have to switch uh, careers every five years on average right now in America anyway to retool with joy, to move with passion, with hope, and that enthusiasm that we long for to course through our bodies and make us feel alive, like we're glowing. That. When we want that, 
when we know that is waiting for us, when that becomes common knowledge, when those children become men and women, and it happens fast, <laughs> happens really fast, they're going to change the world. They're going to go through my regenerative school, all the other regenerative schools, because by the time in 12 years, there's going to be tons of competition. I'm just going to be one of the people, you know, among many, which is going to be exactly what we all need to stay sharp and keep progressing. And people are going to come up and they're going to blow it out of the water. They're going to go to these regenerative trade schools. All the colleges and universities are going to be flipping everything how they do it because they're all for profit. They're going to be freaking out. They're going to be changing gears as fast as they can. They're going to catch up and they're going to be participating too. And it's not going to be this thing where people are like, well, we just destroy the competition. The competition's going to become cooperation and it's going to make us better. So right now, it feels like we're at the scarcity moment. It feels like the world's on fire. There's earthquakes, there's flooding, the weather's insane. People are insane. It seems this way. But look at the numbers closer. We've never been this more, we've never been this connected. We've never been more peaceful. This is a moment where we are ripe to hear the message of regeneration. And I know that's why you're here and that's why you're listening to this. And that's why my Kickstarter was backed. And that's why when we finish this course, we're going to go right into the business course. <laughs> and actually, it's a limited time offer, actually. I shouldn't say that as a as a, a thing that's permanent. For a limited time right now, you can go onto my website. You can um, join the course and still get some of the Kickstarter benefits. You can't have them all. You're not going to be part of the permaculture gardening course that everyone who joined the Kickstarter is now part of right now. They're all in there. Right now, if you join, you get to part, be part of this business course on top of all these other crazy bonuses. There's tons of crazy things going on. You gotta check it out. So go on over there. Go check it out. The link's below. And see what, what is, is so exciting. See what is has got me waking up in the morning like I'm you know filled with electricity of enthusiasm. And then let's talk about my homestead. So I'm in Washington. Everyone's like, oh, oh, oh powers. Oh, you, you, you got to relearn everything, huh? It's got to be tough. It's going to be tough. But the reality is I actually don't have to do much. Uh, it's 8A eight, eight here. It was 8B there. So I haven't changed much of anything. It's like cold and wet here compared to where I'm from. But my seeds aren't going to notice it that much. I'm probably going to have like wheat lacoche like madness when I try to do corn here at first. But that's that's the way it works, you know. Go out there with a hairdryer maybe. <laughs> no, no, but the summer is here actually dry. I just got to stay with my window before the rainy season comes. So um, the homestead right now, we've got duck eggs that are from Gene that are uh, incubating. We've got three chicks right now that are are doing their thing they're growing uh they're under the hot, the hot lamp they're going to go out um both those teams are going to go out and they're going to go into the greenhouse and they're going to have their own little areas and we're going to bring food to them and we're going to grow on the other side and they're going to keep the greenhouse warm so and you're like oh wait the dust right oh you know i'm actually going to put up a a, a um a mesh 
shade cloth that actually will cut down immensely on that on that and it will create like a barrier and whatnot so uh that's what i'm going to be doing and then i really want to let the chickens out uh, routinely and the ducks out so that they can forage and eat slugs and do their thing clean the area and then we've got mealworms that we're starting up i just got kefir grains and i got a kombucha scoby and what else did we get i got some em from Quatamuc Via that I'm checking out that I'm going to be looking under a microscope and start playing with. And then I've got an indoor greenhouse kind of set up going in my bathroom. And then, because it's tile, that way we don't have any issues. It's easy to clean up, keep, you know, things good. Um, and then I'm going to have that outdoor greenhouse, right? We've got the teepee we just set up. It's totally unbelievable, actually. It's a 22-foot wide Earthworks teepee. And it is gorgeous. It was going to be the TV for the Permaculture Life School, that Indiegogo that, that, that ultimately failed. And I decided to fail upward and create the Permaculture Student Online, which was the seed that created all my online courses. I now have five. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible uh, that that, you know, was part of that process of failure. But I got this TV and I've been sleeping over it for two and a half years. So this is the first time it's been set up. It's really kind of a full circle moment. We set it up in Cuauhtémoc Villa, who I was going to possibly stay with his sister on his sister's property with my family when I started this school. And he was here with his mom at the teepee raid. So it was really powerful full circle moment. And so that's going on. And then I've got an outdoor cover crop going um, from groworganic.com and it's mostly peas there's some fava beans I put into the mix too out of my own thing and so that's outside growing right now and it was all throw so chop and drop on some areas just throw so in other areas I wanted to see how it competed with the natives um, and so that's out there right now um, and it's not been that cold I mean it's, it's you know it's colder but it's there hasn't really been very strong frost so we have we have plenty of things growing outside. I got kale and peas. Um, so there's plenty of things growing outside. We are still unpacking. So I want to do other things. I want to do some crazier things. Like I want to set up a mushroom lab. I don't know when we're going to be able to do that, but I need to do it. I need to set up a mushroom lab. And then I also want to set up the ability to grow mushrooms indoors and outdoors. So I have an indoor area where I'm preparing all this stuff, where I'm turning my grains into myceliated grains so that I can eat it and get different things out of it and break it down easier. I want to explore that um, for a, a long-term period to see how that differs dietarily um, and digestively than just having regular grains. Because you can do this and have them pre-digested by the mycelium. So I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be also growing a lot of medicinal mushrooms. My wife is a three-time cancer survivor and is constantly dealing with the aftermath of taking radiation um, as an option. Well, they just said you have to do radiation. Basically now they don't recommend that ever because of the awful complications it causes. So we're always going to kind of be dealing with that probably. Um, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to that point. 
but uh, I know that mushrooms and um, fungi are going to be part of that healing process if we're ever going to get there. So uh, I've got to do it. It's 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 a commitment I've made to to myself and to my wife, and so I'm going to do it. And so I want to create this lab where I start making mushroom. Uh, I mean uh, mycelium scale up. So I'm going to do liquid culture um, mycelium. And then I'm gonna be doing medicine. So I'm gonna be doing mycelium medicine. And then I'm gonna be growing f f um, mushrooms out. And then I'm gonna be growing that for medicine. So happy to be here and be able to do all these fun things that I'm doing. This is a site that there's gonna be an Earth Earthship Seattle building here. There's already a bus here. Where someone's like converting a bus. There, um, this property is really cool because there's a lot of natural foods already on it. So I really don't have to turn it all into a food forest. It's already a food forest. So I really have to turn this area around the house into a annual slash perennial um, food generator to generate as much food as possible to show what permaculture can do in a small space. So that's what I'm doing here. That's what I'm in Washington working on. And as I do this, I'm going to be recording this new course, the Advanced Permaculture Student Online. It comes out in April. I haven't released the exact date yet. I'm giving myself some wiggle room. <laughs> and then I am going to be recording a new course or two next fall before I write Permaculture Gardening. Um, the book that uh, I'm, I'm, I've been teaching this permaculture gardening course now for a half a year and it is my most popular course and I've just you know I've got to write this uh, write it down I've just got to make it easier for people to access it and right now it's only $97 it is very accessible to most people but having it as that you know that $20 book is gonna be a game changer for a lot of people so I'm working on that. I'm working on those things. There's a lot of things on the horizon. There's d over a dozen new books on the horizon. There's, you know, three or four new courses on the horizon. And there's so many new people in the advanced course that are going to show up that you probably have never heard of but are doing such incredible work that I have to show you. I mean, just to talk again about Dr. Jean Wallace, her site is mostly perennials. So you have lots of trees, lots of bushes, and everything's medicinal and edible. She has over 300 different plants. She's got ducks, she's got chickens. It is absolutely incredible. She's in Utah. She's got food constantly. And she gets, you know, some years she gets 85 to 90% of her food from the garden. And people are like, where's the garden? It's like, this is a permaculture garden. It's all perennials. You know, so her site is like well tailored. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's very mature. It's over 15 years old. And it's unlike anything I've seen in North America, actually. It's so unreal. So I, there, and she's just one of many, many people like Eddie Garcia. It's going to, you know, he discovered mealworms can eat styrofoam well before Stanford even started playing with that. So there's a lot of people in this course that, are just gonna it's gonna blow everyone out of the water gonna show everyone a new thing is gonna change everything again and again and again <laughs> so I'm really excited about this right now I'm actually starting up the regenerative entrepreneurs and educators alignment crowdfunding and best practices and I said crowdfunding all crazy like that because 
it's going to be new. The the regular course is what beforehand was uh, alignment and best practices, but now it's alignment, crowdfunding, and best practices because I'm going to do an entire week fo focused on crowdfunding. I've done five crowdfunders now. I've really keenly watched a lot of crowdfunding and studied a lot of crowdfunding, and I want to help people make the best crowdfunding campaigns so that they can help the world. So we're going to be doing that. We're going to be adding that to that course, which a lot of people have found to be life-changing. Um, it's helping them organize their business, organize their lives, so they're more effective with their families, more effective with their customers, more effective with their businesses internally, with their employees, everything and all of above. So this is an incredible course. It's actually on sale right now. You get this back into this course free later on in 2018 as part of joining the per, the advanced permaculture student online and i might actually make give everyone the option to join now or later it doesn't matter to me um but this course is only it's 200 dollars off right now 500 dollars value and it's free when you join the advanced permaculture student online right now so it's an incredible course um i'm going to give people the option to join it i just made that decision um, to join it this November when I when I launch it. Uh, it comes out, I think, November 14th or November 12th. And this is another course that people are just absolutely loving because it really allows them to take permaculture into their lives. All these things are happening right now. Please check those things out. And I'm going to be having a live webinar series startup called Regenerative Reflections in November too. So keep an eye out for that. That's going to be looking at what's going on in the regenerative world right then that month and answering questions that you have about your daily lives and how to take it to the next level. So thanks you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for joining me on this podcast, joining me on this journey. We're in this together. We are working on creating an abundant future that we all can be proud of. And I thank you so much for joining me and making a difference in your life and those around you. I'm Matt Powers. Grow abundantly, learn daily, and live regeneratively. Have a good night.